One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell and today I'm joined by Adam Blompier. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Peter. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm not as tired as last week, so we shouldn't be as grumpy this time, I don't think. I make no promises. I was doing <laughs> Mania last night and I'm always grumpy. <laughs> get the feeling this might have been a bad idea to put you on the NXT podcast. Well, you can't get rid of me or I'll kill you. That's true, yeah. Um, we've got lots to talk about with Quizlemania, etc. It was quite a big one yesterday, but we'll talk about that in the outro of the show. But for now, let's get into talking about NXT, where we saw finally that Drake Maverick has re-signed with WWE. Here's the show. Let's get into talking about uh, Drake Maverick uh, re-signing with WWE because this came about in the main event of this show when it was the finals of the Cruiserweight Tournament. It was El Hijo del Fantasma versus Drake Maverick in the final. Uh, Maverick had a promo earlier in the night which sort of made sense of him just saying like, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. That's the beauty of it, etc. Um, and- I remember he wanted chocolate cake. I remember that. He yeah. did seem like he was having a manic episode, like mm. a, a, a UOK hun. So I, I thought it was bo- like borderline back to his old comedy, which mm. is not the angle to go with Drake Maverick. Like, he can do funny, but this is, n- I don't think this was the time for it. They brought it back. The whole, this might be the best day of my life. This might be the worst day of my life solid enough a structure but him just kind of skipping around and standing on a bench and talking about cookies i was just like careful now we're in dean ambrose territory and i don't Mm. like it yeah exactly um but it was it was good enough and i was still invested in the story uh the match itself i thought was booked perfectly uh it was just uh phantasma just working down drake maverick the whole time uh working pretty much full heel and it, it did that straight from the off. He went for a handshake and then went to roll them up from the handshake immediately, kind of cementing him from the off as the heel of the match. Uh, he hit a 
horrible looking sit out power bomb on the on the mats on the outside sweet jesus oh, yeah the i ge- generally it hit yeah i just like I, like I, drake maverick either amazing seller or just genuinely was incredibly winded but just that kind of like the rasping guttural sounds that were coming out of him really really great i because mm. i think i think maverick at times can maybe over egg the drama sometimes in his matches like not that's not i don't want to be a big criticism because i think drake maverick is great and he was really great in this match but i think sometimes he can be a bit over performative but that move justified literally like the other kind of incredibly high drama in the match it was really well really good booking Mm -hmm. and uh well let's i suppose we should talk about these lads yeah el conquistadores the luchadors in the room uh so yeah, the, the match itself, he continued to work over his back for the whole thing, kind of really playing up the hill. There were some near falls, uh, hit another set-out powerbomb in the ring, and Drake kicked out. It was a great near fall from that. And then the Luchadors came out, and we kind of we we'd predicted that Phantasma would turn heel because he was going to be aligned with the Luchadors, and that half happened. So he was working heel in the match. The Luchadors came out and stood in front of Phantasma and didn't touch him. They just kind of glared down at him while he was sitting kind of on the apron, uh, leaning up against the apron of the ring. Um, And then Maverick just came out, suicide dive out the ropes, hit them both and then beat them both up. But then that distracting as Maverick got back in the ring, allowed Phantasma to hit a super kick and the Phantom Driver for the win. So he didn't turn heel properly, but it's looking pretty obvious that he's aligned with them because they didn't touch him. So it's just, they're kind of just dragging out the reveal for a little bit longer. So it's pretty much what we said was going to happen, but it's not a hundred percent. So what will basically the full turn wouldn't have worked with the feel good signing moment like that, that wouldn't have quite played. It would have been too jarring a tone. Uh, I get the feeling if Drake had not been like, released and then resigned uh if, if it just been like an underdog story i reckon yeah we would have had the turn here because do mm. the turn with the title change because why not go go all in but like yeah they had this story beat that they wanted to do so i'm assuming like yeah next time we we see the full like allegiance and betrayal other than that because like there's no point in stringing out unless it, unless there's a big swerve coming like that's it. The story's been told. Yes, he's the leader of this this weird army of lucha schmoes. So he's that's done now. So unless yeah, it's some someone else is doing this. Maybe it's Damian Priest. Like if someone else is doing this, let's just yeah. Next NXT will get the reveal almost nailed. Yeah, on. I, I get the feeling something they might do is something that like Phantasma says, you know as like the honorable baby face, he goes, you know what? I'll give you a rematch Drake. Cause those people were out there. Let's have a rematch. And then they're just going to do essentially what they would have done at the final and just have the full heel turn and yeah. him just being like, just kidding. I'm an a-hole uh, the whole time. And that will be a solid story uh, for that one. Um, but then after that, he won- wins the interim cruiserweight championship. Phantasma celebrates, walks off. The luchadors vanish, I guess. Uh, and then uh, Drake Maverick's left alone, rolls out the ring. All of the the crowd that they've got around them are kind of banging against the plexiglass and cheering Maverick on. It was 
really well done, honestly. Like I, I, I could feel the emotion from it. Maverick's such a great actor as well. Could totally, you know, see. I don't know whether this was a shoot or not. I don't think it was, but he was kind of just soaking up the crowd, just walking out. Commentators putting over that his career was over now. And as he's walking up the ramp, Triple H comes out, uh, gives him a hug, hands him a contract, and then they just sign it there and then. Maverick starts crying, holds up the contract, gives Triple H another hug, and they, Triple H kind of holds up Maverick's hand and he celebrates with the contract to end the show. Tell you what, though, bloody ho- bloody hope it wasn't a shoot because he didn't read that contract. You never <laughs> sign a contract you haven't read. <laughs> Triple H could have put anything in that contract, being like, That's "Well, true. you know, what's he going to do? Ruin his moments? I can, I can like halve his pay. <laughs> like, you doesn't, you have no idea what your downside is. You have no idea what your what your sick coverage is. <laughs> like, they could have royally screwed Drake Maverick with that contract. So, uh, yeah, almost certainly not a shoot moment, but like. So it's tricky, right? We've been arguing. I, I not necessarily arguing because I think we're both on the same page about this. It's weird. And honestly, like, I don't know where Drake Maverick goes from here because this storyline's over now. Unless they do, like, I think your idea is the best idea, which is follow up with uh, the rematch and the rematch is ruined, which then gives Drake an actual feud to go into. Because, yeah, like, the story's the story's done now. What I hope is that we don't now see Drake Maverick sidelined for a little bit. Mm. Uh, I hope not. I don't think that's going to be the case because, yeah, like one of the reasons why Drake Maverick was such a compelling character was that he was living on borrowed time um, and now he's back. Like, it's uncomfortable because uh, what we could do is we could talk and f- forever and to, uh, like, at what point was he resigned? Was he always resigned? Was this just a long con from the, the outset? Uh, I get that because there is like this pervading feeling of like, it's uncomfortable. At this point, now that he's resigned, I'm just happy for Drake Maverick. And the more we talk about it, like after this, the the only person it's not the only person that's really not helping is Drake. Like mm. I, like I, what the last thing I want is for people to just be talking about this angle the further he gets into his restarted WWE career. So yeah, I I I'm moving on, and I'm just mm-hmm. happy for Drake Maverick. Yeah. And I tell you what, regardless of what it is, like at what point he's resigned and all that stuff, he's such a good actor. And the booking from the match was so perfect and the walkout was so well done that I still bought into it anyway. I it's ju- it's just it was such a brilliant story that they told, regardless of how legitimate it was or not. It was still a great story and I bought into it every step of the way. I love Drake Maverick as a character now. I th- I think from here he just has to continue just being the ultimate underdog. He's got to be the Johnny Gargano of NXT. Now that Johnny Gargano isn't Johnny Gargano anymore, I think he's he can step into that. That she's not necessarily saying he should be, you know, in the main events and all that stuff, but that kind of just pure-hearted, never say die babyface. I think that's that's Drake Maverick from here on out. Hopefully, um, but regardless, I thought it was bloody great, and it was a really nice way to end off the episode. Um, despite the Phantasma winning the title, it was still great to have, and Maverick gets the last laugh because he's got the contract, um, which was, it, it was great. Um, WWE, man, they book tournaments really well. Like, it's one yeah. of the, it's, it's one of their things that they 
just know how to do it, especially NXT. Um, they like sometimes they overcomplicate things, like the Jeff Hardy stuff on SmackDown, maybe not so much, but like every NXT tournament I've seen, like uh, the Cruiserweight Classic, um, May Young Classic, uh, like they they found a way to create a tournament with so many winners like just in one tournament like you know we saw earlier in the night tony niece and and swerve scott and jack gallagher are all doing a thing now mm -hmm. uh, which has been born out of this uh, the tournament because it was booked so well like yeah it, I, I, like both men won this match in the main event both men did because they yeah they emerged out of that match both of them with a hopefully a new trajectory uh with something they've accomplished and with their stock raised so yeah, yeah bloody well done exactly and it was on the main event of nxt as well for the cruiserweight championship which is great uh, i don't think it's main evented in nxt before so it's awesome just, just want to point out as well because i haven't really talked about it but i'm really really digging the new design of the cruiserweight championship i don't know how long it's actually been a thing like whether or not it's the new design for this tournament but mm. i think that's really nice like i like the more muted purple it looks less plastic um that kind of silver design is cool i like the fact it kind of obscures the nxt logo you can see it there if you're looking for it uh, i like the little slashes of purple in it yeah i think that's a really nice looking belt and it really compliment complements phantasma with the purple mask as well mm -hmm. looks really good on him One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Elsewhere on the show, uh, it opened up with uh, the advertised Candice Array versus Mia Yim match, uh, which didn't go very long um, because there was some booking to be done. Uh, Laray kind of attacked her before the bell. They got into a brawl for a bit, and then it was a double count out. It was pretty quick. It was only a few minutes, and then they just both had a double count out. And then suddenly there was Tegan Knox because Candice Array kind of flipped her into the the Tron. Suddenly there was Tegan Knox, and then Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez came out, and then Shotzi Blackheart was there, and they all started brawling. And then suddenly there was also a Keith Lee. He was in the ring. I don't know whether this was just poorly edited because obviously this was a pre-taped show, so I don't know whether they just edited around some stuff that we didn't see. But suddenly Keith Lee was in the ring, and Johnny Gargano was on the ramp despite having not seen them before. And the ring announcers announcing this is now a mixed tag team match. Huh? Yeah. They didn't get involved. What? I'm so confused because, like, surely you then set up the six woman tag, but they're setting up the six woman tag for Takeover, which is now an official match on the card. It's going to be uh, the six women that I just mentioned. So it's me, Yim, uh, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice Ray. Um, so then, yeah, they just go mixed tag match with these guys. I was like, surely there's a better way to set this match up. But you know what? <laughs> For podcast listeners, Adam just put up a gif of Teddy Long on the screen. Uh, it, Look at him go. It's a, it's a tag match player. Holla holla. Uh, but I tell you what, though, for all my criticisms of how this match was set up, soon as Keith Lee got in the ring and he grabbed Johnny Gargano and threw him into the ring, I had such a big smile on my face. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I, ju- I just want this so bad. And he can, he's- he can bench both Garganos. He's the strongest, sexiest, <laughs> loveliest man who ever lived. I love him. He's just so good. And yeah, it, it was quite entertaining because neither Keith Lee or Johnny were in wrestling gear. They seemed to be in casual clothes, which added like a surprise element to the match. Uh, and then, yeah, what once Keith Lee got the hot tag and just started going nuts on Johnny Gargano, I was like, God, I cannot wait for this match. I'm so excited. Uh, but Johnny, being the sneaky boy that he is, being in casual clothes, he had his bloody car keys on him, didn't he? So as Keith Lee got him up for a spirit bomb, Johnny got out the car keys and stabbed him in the eye with it, uh, forcing him to drop him. And using that distraction, Candice Ray rolled up Mia Yim for the win. I thought that was really, really smart. I really liked the outcome of that match because it doesn't really give away anything for TakeOver. You, you barely saw any interaction between really any of these four too much. And it leaves so much for their respective matches at TakeOver. And mm. it sets the, the seeds in motion of being like, yeah, Johnny's really sneaky. He could get one over on Keith Lee at TakeOver. Uh, Johnny posing with the North American title. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, obviously reminiscent of the recent I work in AEW uh, with Jericho spiking uh, John Moxley. But yeah, like I, 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 I dug it. I, there was just enough continuity that, yeah, he had his car keys on him because <laughs> he wasn't in gear. So he used them and was a real 
horrible bastard about it. Uh, I, for me, this makes me feel a little more confident about my predictions. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen those, do check them out. Uh, there's a, you'll find it on the WrestleTalk main YouTube channel page. Uh, there's a section with WrestleTalk predictions. Our most recent one for NXT TakeOver In Your House. They are live. Uh, but these two jokers, Pete and Laurie, chose uh johnny gargano i think keith lee's gonna win it i so what this reeks to me of this reeks of uh keith lee's going in properly hurt uh he'll overcome johnny gargano uh thanks to some sort of mix-up or whatever uh gargano may can maybe do a thing to kind of get his heat back or something and and i think they're going to do the title change on tv because they really love doing title changes on TV, like every, everything to kind of pump these ratings. Uh, I think you're going to get a rematch. I think Gargano will win there as a result of Adam Cole's like interference, like him and Keith Lee will have a run in, you know, just like, oh, we both defended our championships, blah, blah, blah. Adam Cole will cost Keith Lee his, and then Keith Lee at the next takeover will take it from Adam Cole. At least that's what I'm hoping, because I don't want to lose predictions. Yeah. Uh no, I just I no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I just think Johnny's going to win. Uh yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Um yeah, I I I really like this. I'm I cannot wait for that takeover match. I'm really really excited for it. Yeah. Um and I thought yeah, it was a really effective booking. As much as I was confused and I thought it was really convoluted and we mentioned last week about it being like a little bit WCW booking and this kind of in that vein it was really convoluted and people were just there for reasons it it's still built to a really effective match that i'm really looking forward to so that's yeah. they still did it right at the end of the day it yeah it took a it took a different yeah it was a confusing road to get there but like un unlike wcw where you very often leave a segment being wait what did i just what what no what actually happened this one you're left with a very clear shot keith lee is injured uh, Johnny Gargano uh, now has a really kind of clear shot at the, uh, the North American title. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, convoluted, but really strong selling of that match. Added an extra element that wasn't there before. Turned the heat up on it. Like, generally speaking, this is a good go-home show. Like, in terms of being a go-home show, this is good. Mm-hmm. 100%. Really built all the matches effectively. Uh, we got a little video package for Cross and Champa, uh, which I really like. This was like the, the Champa-themed promo, essentially, just saying that he's special uh, and the match is going to be special, which is good. I want it to be special. Uh, then we had um, Dexter Lumis backstage promo. <laughs> they said, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream? uh takeover and he just got some paper and started drawing yeah he's 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 the kind of he's the kind of caricaturist you see like on a pier in like a seaside mm. town you know you bung him a fiver and he'll draw a picture of your dad with a really big head yeah like, that's exactly it real real weird uh, like yeah so i i don't know i don't know man he's a heel right this is a heel gimmick surely right? he's a serial killer Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too basic. Maybe there is actually like a really winsome, lovable side to Dexter Loomis, and maybe him just being, you know, Dexter is too simple. And this is like a nice little layer. I don't know. Like it. Let's like think of it like this: when when the puppets first appeared in in Firefly Funhouse for the first time, everyone thought 
this is really silly. Why is he doing all this this kiddie nonsense? Who knows? This may be a thing. Although, like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like for a guy, <laughs> for a guy who looks essentially like the white version of Jax from Mortal Kombat, like with those with those arms, uh, I I expected him to be a bit more of a monster and a bit less of you know a a, a cartoonist for the New York <laughs> Times. <laughs> so. But, that's it, where we're at. It was strange because it came back to a different uh, backstage promo later where he'd finished the drawing. And the drawing was him driving a car with the Undisputed Era in the back. That that was the drawing. Yes. So based on a different promo that we'll talk about in a minute, I think that lends itself to your prediction that you made on the predictions video speak about in a second because we got a video package of uh cole and velveteen dream undisputed era in a limo great perfect yes more of that soon as adam cole gets in they all do the which was just great they're uh, so good together kylo riley's so faces Ky- like oh that was the next thing i was gonna say he's he's my favorite he's just the best and what was it? He was saying they went to some fancy restaurant and they were che- uh, cheering each other because Adam Cole was a year as NXT champion. And Cole just turned around and goes, oh, my compliments to the chef. And it's just like the way he delivers it and the face he has when he does it. It was just. Oh. Also, they're just having salads. <laughs> it's like a bit, <laughs> a, a bit of salad with some balsamic on it. Like, don't get me wrong. Love a bit of pesto. Love a bit of balsamic vinegar. Delightful on a salad. But like, I don't know. Yeah, oh, I, it's so choice. Like this, this episode is a, a lot of promos uh, yeah. because they are selling this this show. Uh, but these promos are good, man. Like NXT knows when it doesn't have to overcomplicate things in the ring and when it can just rely on the most dependable wing of WWE. You know what? Maybe the wrestlers, but other than that, uh, the the promo department like the the vignette package team like the best in the industry yeah. uh and they made some beautiful stuff this week yeah yeah it was really really good velveteen dream was roller skating around uh velveteen dream spoken to a mirror <laughs> and like a prince tribute artist was there prince was there and said oh, hey, dream's prince. good <laughs> Thank goodness they managed to get Prince to record that before he died four years ago. <laughs> Weird. Oh, I d- but, yeah. yeah. It was strange, but I guess it makes sense. Question mark. Uh, they announced it's going to be a, a backlot brawl. They showed a few glimpses of it with cars surrounding a ring outside. Uh, the headlights from the cars lighting up the ring itself. So it's an interesting one. It should be a more cinematic match as it is. Uh, and where this links into Dexter Loomis is Dexter Loomis drew him driving a car with Undisputed Era in, and Undisputed Era were in a limo. Dexter Loomis was driving the limo. He's going to turn on Velveteen Dream because he's been aligned with Undisputed Era already. They've already <laughs> brainwashed him, you see. He's already I... with them. Interesting. Uh, so, like... I... <laughs> I don't I don't know if the one thing Undisputed Era needs is a really weird fifth member that doesn't talk. 
like they all go to the same restaurant and like everyone's like tucking in and Dexter Loomis is just sort of sitting there at the end of the table just like I think that could be amazing maybe I think I think I think he's more concerned with the with the dream but who who knows? Like everyone's saying, like, oh, is Undisputed Era getting a bit stale? What's next for them? If adding a gigantic mute boy who, who really likes caricatures and stroking, like, yeah, maybe that is the thing to give them the shot in the arm that they need. Maybe. I mean, it it could just be. That you know, there's cars surrounding the ring in this backlot brawl, so maybe it's something to do with a car in the match itself. I don't know, or maybe it just made absolutely no sense. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but uh, it then got announced that we're going to get uh, Lorkin and Birch versus uh, Undisputed Era being Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish versus a mystery team, uh, for the number one contendership for the NXT Tech titles. Uh, but before that match, we had Tony Nese versus Swerve, which I thought was great, building off their uh, history in the Cruiserweight tournament, uh, which led to Gallagher coming out to try and distract Swerve. But it wasn't enough because Swerve still managed to get the roll-up victory over Nice. Uh, so it seems like Swerve and uh, sorry, uh, Nice and Gallagher are some sort of unit potentially, or maybe they both just hate Swerve. Who knows? Um, but some sort of program based off the tournament, which is great. I'm all for it. The match itself was really fun and fast-paced. Can't complain with that at all. It's great. Yeah. I mean, like neither Gallagher or Tony are doing anything. So why not? They're both talented. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, then we did get that uh, tag title uh, match. Uh, sorry, the, the number one contendership tag match, uh, which was strange. Okay. So it was Undisputed Era and Lorcan and Birch. And it got revealed that the third team was Breezango. Yeah. And they came back. And they're astronauts now. They're exactly the same as when they left. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think I'm just salty because of how they came back to NXT. Because Tyler Breeze came back as Tyler Breeze, Prince Pretty from NXT. And he had his great takeover match with Dream, which was awesome. A nice little you know, nostalgic thing for Tyler Breeze. And then Fandango came back, but he was a different Fandango. He came out in like a vest and like jeans. And we were like, oh, new Fandango. This is great. And then they started beating each other up. And then they both said to each other, we need a makeover. And then they came out and they were the, the fashion files still. And then the gimmick is that they just dress up as different professions. <laughs> I feel like it's missing the point of what made the fashion police great when they were on the main roster. Uh, yeah i mean like that's the thing is like they're both they're, they're a showmanship tag team like obviously the fashion files was incredible uh mm. it was lightning in a bottle um it, it, it we don't know whether or not this is going to be like fashion files or you know damien sandow dressing up weird every single week like they're they're on nxt um nxt fans are into you know they love a bit of comedy in their wrestling these guys like it, you, i'm happy there's got something to do you could argue that both men deserve more than just something to do but they are now you know challenging for the tag team titles so there you go like whether or not like is nxt too stacked to have tyler breeze and fandango as like singles guys or you know as a kind of like, do you want? I don't know if I want Breezango to be a team and not do this. I don't know. Like, because because they've always been 
silly. Like I know that Tyler Breeze wasn't as silly on his first NXT run as he as he has become, but they're very good at like these images. And I really like them coming down with astronaut, uh, you know, outfits. And I think I don't know, like they they're sort of they're sort of in a little bit in the veteran spot, which is mm-hmm. they are being used to build up other NXT talent like it it feels like it's without a sudden resurgence and a big storyline element it's not really fandango's time right now mm-hmm. but like they've they, they're being used really really smartly they're an established team they're a beloved team um it's too soon for only Lorkin and danny birch because it feels like we are on their story now like with last with last week you know they we finally got to see something about that team like we've never really had an insight as to who they are beyond the odd backstage promo as long as they keep building that up and they're the guys to take the belts off imperium like maybe that's next takeover whereas in the meantime brizango are the perfect team to legitimize uh imperium as you know heel dominant uh you know and i like like you say, like it's it's a bit frivolous, but it's smart. Frivolous versus Imperium. Like Imperium are gonna be so annoyed that they're facing Breezango. Um although the only thing that kind of then did confuse me was we also got an appearance from these lads. Yeah. So Breezango got the win in this match. And don't get me wrong. I think Breezango were great. I loved, I think in the ring, they, they did really well in this match. Uh, and yeah, I'm not complaining of having them against Imperium. I just really not a fan of their entrance. I wish they were just, they can still be showmanship and over the top and very performative, but I just don't get the gimmick of let's come out as construction builders. Let's come out as astronauts. Let's come out as naval people. It's just a bit weird. I don't really get it. Um, but uh, yeah, they got the win and Imperium came out afterwards to stare them down. And then behind Imperium out, uh, came Indu Share uh, with uh, Malcolm Bivens, um, who are also kind of in the in the mix of the tank division, I guess. Uh, the supposed report is that, that they were supposed to feud with uh, Matt Riddle and uh, Pete Dunne. Um, as the Bros awaits, but then, you know, the world went crazy. Uh, and then, you know, Matt Riddle was getting called up to the main roster. So they kind of just take, took them off TV while they sorted out the tag division picture. But now it's been sorted out. Matt Riddle's on uh, going to SmackDown. They've got the tag titles on Imperium, who are in NXT. Now they've decided to bring them back in. So I don't know where they fit, really. Uh, now that Breezango are number one contenders, I don't know whether they're going to, like, cost uh, Breezango uh their their tag time match because they believe they should win or something and then they spin off into a Breezango Indushare feud Indushare beat them to gain momentum and then maybe when Lorkin and Birch win the titles off Imperium they come and challenge Lorkin and Birch I maybe it, it, it feels a bit disjointed right now but I'm sure it'll work itself out in time that seems like the neatest way of doing it yeah, like that. That's the only thing that really makes sense because I I don't want to see Indushare just being put in the match as like a triple threat. Like that, then these wonderful stakes matches at NXT, you know, has actually been really good at having most weeks. You know, a match that means something. There's something on the line. Like it's been a really good month for that for NXT. Uh, I don't want that to kind of suddenly not mean anything. So yeah, I like I I think that kind of makes sense. Like Breezango again, maybe being used. Like maybe they'll be crushed. Uh, by Indushare to kind of, and then they uh, they smash up against uh, Only Lorcan and Danny Birch. I think that that mm-hmm. makes sense. 
Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed that's what they do. Uh, we had Aaliyah trying to uh, impress Robert Stone after Robert Stone uh, was fired by Chelsea Green because she's getting called up to the main roster. Thanks for that exclusive Louis Danger. Uh, so Aaliyah was trying to impress Robert Stone. She lost. Uh, Santana Garrett got the win instead and Robert Stone walked off. I love the idea that if an agent if an agent loses their client, like they just start sleeping in their car. Like, I don't... <laughs> Surely, surely, like if you're an agent, right, and you lose a client, isn't that when you go into kind of self like presentation overdrive because you need to get another one? Like, I tell you, he's just yeah. I, I I love I love the WWE pantomime shorthand of going through a difficult time right now. So I look like I come out and having been slept in a bin. Like, do you remember when um, uh, Brock Lesnar was squashed by Goldberg and yeah. Paul? And came out and he hadn't shaved he was just crying he had a loose tie <laughs> it's like i mean like it's like i get it but you also have like a makeup <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's it's fine like i'm not complaining it's just a yeah. fun a fun little quirk of the of wwe presentation i am i'm really not sure where this story's going or if there I, is a story I, i'm very it it's yeah, it doesn't feel like they want it. This, this, this for me feels like one of the most kind of just like plate spinning storylines. And like, who knows? Like, I, I get, yeah, I, I trust NXT. I think Robert mm-hmm. Stone is is talented. Uh, I think Aaliyah is fine. I haven't really seen her do that much, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But like Chelsea Green, I think is good. Although, um, yeah, rumors are Chelsea Green's being called up to the main roster, which is why she separated from Stone. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like he's a little bit rudderless at the moment, which is a shame because I think he's good. Yep, exactly. Uh, they had a really cool video package for the women's triple threat match. Uh, I loved it. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. My God, Io Shirai is the best. Oh my God. Oh, she's so good. They had her like underwater cutting a promo and she looked all mysterious. Her hair was flowing around her and stuff, and she looked amazing. Um, Rhea Ripley was just saying, you know, I finished my 2019 so high, and since then, 2020's just been terrible. I lost my title at WrestleMania, and I just want to get it back. Charlotte Flair was... Charlotte Flair... I just... I just don't like her. Uh, it, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. She just kept kind of, I can't tell what her character is. She's like, I'm NXT homegrown. NXT is my home. And then when people said, you don't go here, I was like, excuse me, I built here. I was like, are you a face or are you a heel? You've done both. Um, <laughs> she's a it, heel, Pete. Come on now. She's a heel. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> she's a heel, Peter. Yeah. I don't know why we keep having this conversation. She's been a heel all year. She was a heel when in... she attacked Rhea Ripley from behind at TakeOver. That's what makes sense. Yes, it does make sense that she would be a heel. You know what's funny, though? Apparently, a report came out saying that WWE don't view her as a face or a heel. She's a flare. <laughs> Which is just the worst. It ju- it's, I just hate it. I just hate it. Um, Ric Flair anyway. was a heel. <laughs> Yeah, that's what made yeah, him for Flair. He really was, wasn't he? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, th- this video package was great. It just put over all three of them and how much they really want the title and how much it means to them. Io Shirai being, and they had a load of people talking about her, you know, people from radio shows and uh, like Natalia and Beth Phoenix got involved and stuff, just talking about these people. It was, it was great. It was so good. Really built the match effectively. Made me feel very um, unconfident in my prediction. 
very unconfident because Rhea's like got a storyline now which is like I don't care I just want to win and it's like that's the sort of thing where you keep losing and there's a maybe a heel turn on the horizon so yeah maybe it is Io's time EO I keep calling her Io she's not she's not the smallest moon of Jupiter (laughs) second second big second smallest moon of Jupiter come on hang on I'm I'm checking this now Io well while you're looking that up uh, the last thing we'll talk about uh, here was it's Cameron th- Grimes versus Brunson Reed. It's the third, third largest of the four Galilean moons of the planet Jupiter is Io. God, that is very specific. Okay. Anyway, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, Cameron Grimes versus Bronson Reed happened. Bloody love Bronson Reed. He's the best. Yes. He's the um, new earth. He's a new earthquake. I really like his presentation. <laughs> I like how he kind of like boom, 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 just like kind of almost makes his own noises as he walks around. I think that's mm-hmm. really fun. His entrance music is great. Look at him yep. go. He's just the best. He calls himself the thick boy. What's not to like? Uh, that's thick with two C's. Uh, and even like when he comes out and he looks at the camera and he does the claw thing. It's just oh, he just has a has a presence. He's great, um, but unfortunately, he did not win. Uh, Cameron Grimes won with the cave in. Uh, it was a good match, though. I really it put over Bronson Reed as you know not a complete pushover, which was nice. Uh, Cameron Grimes uh, snuck in the cave in and managed to get the win, which was cool. Keeps building Cameron Grimes, who's also great, uh, apart from his hat, which is dumb. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, tell you what, massive pet peeve, really quick is when he hit the cave in, but he didn't like stop down on him. He kind of pushed him down and then he fell kind of further in front than Bronson Reed. And the commentator's just going like, he didn't get all of it, but he got enough. I was like, I hate it when the commentators say that. Just stop pointing out botches. It's so annoying. It it really grinds my gears. <laughs> well, they got to say something, haven't they? Like if someone obviously messes but up they a move. Don't. It looked fine. It looked fine. It didn't, it's, you know, when someone like completely whiffs, like, you know, a black mass or whiffs, like, you know, a John Morrison disaster kick off the ropes or something. Mm. And, then, and then, you know, if they completely whiff it and the person still sells it, you go, oh, I think he just got enough of that. That's fine. But when he, he does hit him with his feet, he just goes too far on the actual impact. You can just go with it. It's a finisher. Like just, it's a finisher. He won with it. Don't say he just got it. He won the match with it. Don't make Bronson Reed look pants because then it makes him look rubbish because he won with a bad version of his finisher. Such a grumpy old man, Pete. I am a grumpy old man. I'm continuing it on from last week. I take it back. I am grumpy this week. Um, Anyway, then we had the main event of Phantasma and Drake Maverick, which we've already spoken about. I thought this was a really effective go-home show. But really, Pete, really liked it. But Pete, you've what? forgotten. Carrion Cross turned oh, up. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He hit us, uh, uh, the, what do they call it? The Doomsday Saito su- Suplex. Yep, that one. Stared down the camera and just said, the match is going to be special, TikTok, etc." I thought it was yeah. good. Just I only wanted to point it out because I thought smart play this because so far he's been tossing around small guys. Uh, to see him hit the Doomsday Saido on um, someone of Bronson Reed's size and do it with such ease, nice, nice a nice little extra element of oh, oh no, that's how strong Carrion Cross is. I thought mm-hmm. it was a really nice touch. Yes, I do agree with that. Yes, it was very, very good. Um, but yes, overall, really effective go home show. I'm pumped for TakeOver. Can't wait. Um, I can't ask more than that, can you, for a go-home show? So, (laughs) thumbs up all round. 
So, Adam, on Quizzlemania 10 last yeah. night, the big 10-0, uh, it was quite the show, wasn't it? God, we had we had David Starr on, which in and of itself was great. Uh, Sean Rossap coming back in, trying to win the title back from Luke. Uh, sorry, Luke trying to win the title back from Sean, I should say. Uh, and uh, we also had Ollie. He was also there. Uh... <laughs> yes, putting putting his nipples at hazard. <laughs> God bless. Yes, uh, Quizmania 10 loved the show last night. Uh, I think it's the best one we've done. I think that seems to be the Agreed. general consensus. Uh, yes, uh, David Starr was amazing. Uh, stuck around for the entire three hours that it turned into. Uh, what a lovely guy. What a lovely entire family. <laughs> he's got <laughs> because uh as anyone who uh stuck around the post show let's just say that uh let's just say that uh, a member of david Starr's family gets involved in the stream and uh, instantly gets himself over with everybody it's wonderful uh fun little um fun little behind the scenes so we almost lost david star last night um because mm. uh Philadelphia, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, uh, but was hit with severe storms uh, yesterday and vast bits, especially in the suburbs, uh, lost power. Mm. So uh, I got a message from David Starr uh, just under an hour before Quizlemania 10 was supposed to start saying like, hey, so I've got no power can I just phone in? And I was like, not really, because I don't know how <laughs> that works. And also I've, I've spent loads of time photoshopping these pictures of, of your nipples. Um, mm. I didn't tell him that bit. But um, so, yeah, he, he we were like, oh, God, do we do we find someone else? Because obviously after uh, Nowhere Jose had to uh change plans at the last minute then he's like oh no every time we get a wrestler um and like everyone on discord was panicking like oh who do we get who do we get maybe we could get you know andy being like well i guess i'll do it <laughs> uh, thankfully david star uh, went to his mother's store, which I believe is uh, in a different part of Philadelphia, um, and uh, managed to do the entire stream from there because thankfully that building had Wi-Fi. Uh, and I found that out 15 minutes before we were going to go on air that he could do the show. So mm -hmm. that was fun. Uh, yeah, that was a, a horrible, stressful time. But it did turn into, I think, uh, our best show. We raised... Uh, well over six thousand uh dollars for uh calm which is fantastic yeah it, it was a great show and uh for once uh michelle my partner she she didn't watch the show for once she was hanging out with her friends how dare she and uh and i told her afterwards i was like that's the best quiz on mania that there's been so far and she's like you say this every week and i'm like uh -huh. but i mean it this time it really is <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, uh really really happy amazing. Uh, yeah, just uh, seeing a lot of support coming from the fans. Um, yeah, it was a it was just a really good guest spot. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp uh, proved why he's one of the MVPs we've ever had on Quizlemania. Um, Luke had a, a wonderful showing, and Ollie uh, waxed his chest because oh of course Ollie came last by a significant margin as well. Um, Can I just say as well? This is the running thing is that I lose a lot and Ollie loses a lot. I've got way more points than Ollie pretty much every time I've been on this show. That's Ollie true. got like what 18 points 
in the whole show. And like, <laughs> I got like, last time I was there, I think I got like 40 something. I got like over double what he got. Yeah, Ollie's come last five times, uh, mm-hmm. technically. Uh, you've only come last three times. Uh, obviously, the first time you played, you came second. Yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah, mate, this this whole this whole kind of thing that Pete's a loser. Pete's one of Quizlemania's great losers. Uh, you know, we should do an all loser one with Ollie and Pete. Like, it's it's not it's not completely warranted. You you do pretty well. Most I do okay sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've only come last three times, and that's, yeah, that's, that's nothing just, in the grand scheme of things. It's only three out of four, you know, it's exactly. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah. I, I've got a, a actually a really nice email I did want to read oh, out um, uh, from Eli, uh, who emails in to say, hi, Pete, and hopefully Adam. Hi. Uh, I was listening to Adam and Luke on the magazine show last week and noticed how comfortable Adam was on the team, despite only being there for a little while. I wanted to ask, at what point did you and Adam feel at home at WrestleTalk? I mean, there's a, uh, I imagine there's a very casual and friendly atmosphere and you guys are likely friends before or at the same time as co-workers. Was there a specific project or moment where you both felt, this is right for me, I feel at home? Uh, I also asked uh, Luke and Ollie, so I'll continue down the line of WrestleTikes. <laughs> Thank you in <laughs> advance. Eli um well for me um it took a little while uh not that I didn't feel welcomed or anything I just felt very much because before I was just a guy I was just a dude that watched YouTube videos and then within the space of like seven months I went from like just a dude to writing on the website editing on the website do you want to come in for a screen test and I was like What's happening? This is mental. Uh, so yeah, it, once I even started working, it took a little while to even get into the fact of to register. I'm like, I'm actually doing this. This is crazy. Uh, so I can't think of those as a specific moment. Um, but all I know is that at the Christmas do last year, in the year just gone, uh, there was a moment where I kind of caught myself where everyone was singing karaoke and I just kind of looked around the room. I was like, this is mental. Like, what am I doing? I'm drunk with everyone. We're all singing karaoke. These are people that I used to watch on YouTube. What's happening? Uh, Did you have that kind of American pie ending where everyone just kind of raised a cup to each other and (laughs) solemnly nodded in friendship? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Was it, I think it was the time we went with you, wasn't it? Where we all stood up and sang my way. Yeah. Uh, Like Frank Sinatra. That was, that was a good time. Uh, so no, I, sorry to give a disappointing answer. I can't think of a specific time where I was just like, this is right now. Um, no, I'll think about it more. What, what about you, Adam? Is there anything you can think of? Yeah, no rolls barred for sure. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I, that was the series that got me in contact really with with wrestle talk generally like i'd known ollie and alex uh before uh like uh, during my what culture days in fact uh we'd, we'd encountered each other of course and um we'd been speaking for a little while so i was yeah more familiar with ollie uh i knew obviously that ollie's very nice um everyone in wrestle talk is very nice uh they're they're a lovely bunch of boys um and also like i think it was so it was weird because I, I I was coming in to do largely what I'd done uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere, which was a a little strange, I guess. But it was it was it was weird. So I was coming into a place, doing a job that I was certainly versed in, and also doing it with people who sort of knew what I did and kind of knew of me 
like kind of front on camera and stuff so i was a little disjointed at first like everyone was really nice like yeah wrestle talk is almost almost insultingly a pleasant bunch of bunch <laughs> of um i like very suspicious but uh i it was no rolls barred because that was like the first time that we did something i think really as a group mm. um obviously like yeah you you were there in the room watching um and like yeah it was the first time like properly playing a game really with luke and ollie and obviously tom was there so i felt really comfortable because i'd known him for 20 years so that was a really nice kind of glue and like lolo was there as well and like she's amazing and new and new like she just walked in and immediately owned the room because of course she of course she, she's amazing uh and i think it was just like that because it's like play is one of the things that really binds people together. I, I can't remember the name of the philosopher and I'm not going to be pretentious to just kind of guess. Um, but there is a philosopher who said you learn more in an hour of play than in a lifetime of conversation about someone else. And generally, yeah, just kind of like that's why I love board games so much. Uh, I think it really you get to see aspects of people's characters that when you're in a more formal uh, social setting you, they don't reveal to you they're more guarded uh, whereas play lets those things down like i didn't realize you know because it wasn't until i you know saw laurie as Tony the milkman that i realized just how kind of like performative laurie was and and like how what a sense of, what kind of sense of humor he's got uh how cooperative he is he, how good a listener he is and stuff like i think we all yeah conduct ourselves in in, in different ways like in the office but it was that moment of like professional play that I was just like oh I this really feels like a cohesive group of folk and I'm mm -hmm. happy I'm here yeah yeah I I that's a, a good shout for for when you were there because not to get too real with this or anything but I, I could tell when you came in you felt a little bit like you're feeling yourself out a bit you're like am I am I here am I not <laughs> I like these guys do I like these guys it was a bit like disjointed like you said disjointed at the start but I Definitely. When No Rose Bard kicked up, it was definitely like, yeah, Adam's one of the boys now. This is good. Um, yeah, it was it was really, really nice. Um, well, that was the thing. You hadn't like at that point, you hadn't imported what culture Adam anymore because I was I'd done like bookings and lists. Like, sure, it felt like I was sort of being a little bit copied and pasted from another place um, with a different, you know, a dynamic. And that like but making something new being it's like, yes, this is. This is my first proper wrestle talk project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, while you were saying that, I did manage to think of a, a a time when I felt like it was a bit when I felt okay being here because just in in general, again, not to get too real, uh, but like imposter syndrome is like huge. Like, oh my god, all the time I'm like, I don't belong here. This is ridiculous. I'm just a dude who watches videos. Why am I around all these funny people? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there was a time when. I think I was doing a news video, which in and of itself, because I started off on the second channel that's now Parts of Unknown, that was Screenstalker originally. Uh, I started off just doing videos for that. And then when uh, Ollie just said, by the way, we're going to have you do a WrestleTalk video, a uh, weekend video on WrestleTalk, I was like, oh God, I'm going on the big channel. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it, took a, it took a couple of tries, but there was one time I think I covered for someone doing a news video and Ollie watched it back. And he just turned to me, just like kind of offhand comment and said, oh, that was really good. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that, I did it. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> it, it was it was watching it and I made him laugh. And I was like, 
yeah okay i'm here now this is good um so it, it was nice um i can't tell you when that was though but sometime you know a couple months after it started i guess um but yeah thanks for the email eli i was good we we got talking about emotions and stuff great email mate uh right in my, right in my heart right in the feels uh anyway that's probably all the time we've got for the uh for this episode of the nxt podcast thanks for emailing in eli and thank you for listening uh we'll be back we've got the AEW review today of course we've got takeover in your house on sunday and we're going to be having a review of that on monday as well i don't know who's doing it but we'll have one uh and uh yeah and then we're back into the loop because it's backlash the week after god there's so much content uh right thanks for listening everyone i love you all goodbye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 